Imagine More is a weekly podcast that explores the stories, passions, successes, and failures of young, unconventional entrepreneurs. Chantel works to uncover the person behind the passion and unpack the ingredients of their entrepreneurial minds. What is it that makes them imagine more? Welcome back to the Imagine More podcast. Today, I'm so, so excited to welcome my friends, Kate and Talia, the founders of Mavenly and Co. They are career building and branding and coaching company, and they help women take their career to the next level. They've worked with professional women across the country through workshops, corporate training, and private coaching, and also host the weekly Women, Work, and Worth podcast on iTunes. I can't wait to dive in and hear all about their journey in entrepreneurship. Hi, Kate and Talia. Welcome to the Imagine More podcast. Thank you. We're so excited to be here. Of course. I can't wait to dive into Maven Lee and Co. and everything you guys have going on. And I mean, I know the story um, is a little, uh, it's exciting. So let's just actually dive into the story of how you guys met and a little bit more about your company to kick things off. All right. Absolutely. So Talia and I met as sorority consultants for Delta Gamma. So we were both working for our sorority organization at a national level. Um, So traveling all around the country, working with women on different college campuses every day, and really realizing the same issue that so many women were going through this process of the collegiate experience and gaining information about, you know, a particular um, subject matter or major, but not really finding any tools on how to find work that they felt like was really engaging or fulfilling or worked for them. And so they um, were finding, you know, maybe collegiate success, but not getting the tools for career or long-term success. And so this was highlighted to us in a couple of different ways when we would have conversations with young women. And so we took two very different approaches to what we consider solving that problem. Um, And so I took a much more uh, corporate um, uh, business world application to that problem and, and started writing a blog while I was working in corporate America. So I was working at a huge PR agency in Dallas and just writing on the side about all the things I was experiencing day to day. And then Talia was in graduate school, which she can absolutely tell you more about, but it was a program for positive organizational psychology. So she was really understanding the why and the evidence-based research behind what made people happy at work and, and what made them feel fulfilled in their jobs. And I was kind of experiencing the opposite end of that firsthand. And so we would connect a few times and talk about some of the blog posts I was putting out. She very graciously agreed to write for the blog. And then the more we talked, the more we realized so many women needed actual tools and resources and coaching around this subject matter to really make an impact. And for us, that was always the goal is to really have some actionable, tangible elements that came out of our work. And so um, we teamed up to create Mavenly and it's been two years now, three, almost three years now. Yeah. Three years in September, which is crazy. Congratulations. And I'm sure it's flown by, or at least I think (laughs) every business owner can relate to it just flying by. Absolutely. (laughs) So how, how are you, how are women finding out about your company? Um, Where are you getting most of your business. Yeah, I think a lot of it, we are very thankful to Instagram. Um, I think in in the business world, the saying is to meet people where they are. And I think a lot of our audience, given that they're 
you know, women, professional women in their late 20s, early 30s, Instagram is a very normal, regular platform for them to be engaging with. So um, that's definitely where a lot of our time and energy, or I should say Kate's time and energy is spent. Um, in addition to the podcast, that's also been a great way to drive business and to help people get to know who we are, what we think about on a day-to-day basis. The conversations we have there are very indicative of the work we do with our clients one-on-one in coaching. Um, so I'd say those are the, the two main mm-hmm. sources. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we speak at events, we do workshops, we teach classes, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it at this point is gratefully word of mouth and referrals, people who hear about us through friends who've gone through the program. So those are the main ones, I'd say. Yeah. And I'm sure you can attest to this as well, you know, with the Imagine More podcast, but having people kind of hear more about you from you firsthand, I think there's just such a benefit to you. Storytelling, I've always been such an advocate for storytelling and business and making sure you're creating those moments where people are feeling connected to your business. And so that was always our priority from the very beginning. We weren't even thinking about starting a business at all when we were blogging. It was really just this drive to share stories and, um, you know, make connections for women and give them tools. And so I think the podcast is a great way to hear from people firsthand and really see if that's a message and a value and a vision that you connect with. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to dive a little bit into the program piece. So initially blog posting was the, you know, how you were touching and reaching the audience, um, I know now you guys do one-on-one coaching and workshops. How have the programs evolved and um, do people typically start with one piece and then they kind of continue to graduate to additional programs you guys offer? That's such a great question. You know, for us, the mantra has always been, um, you know, create products that our audience is asking for. And so it's really been an evolution of figuring out what's going to serve our audience best, which has, you know, led to these various forms of programming. So we have, you know, kind of our initial touch points, which most people come through, which is either social media, the podcast, or our newsletter. Um, And then beyond that point, in terms of, you know, getting your feet wet and seeing if this is the right content for you, we have these in-person events like our conference coming up in July, on July 28th in Atlanta. And then we also have um, an online course called Career Clarity. So those are kind of our um, lower price point items that if you're looking to just kind of dip your toe in and see what Maven Lee is all about, um, or if you're just kind of venturing into the professional development space, that's probably a great place to start. And then there are some women that are, you know, really ready to make those lasting big changes. And so there's a couple of different programs available to women that are at that level and kind of ready to take their career and their, you know, personal brand to that next level. And so we have our upgrade programs, which is really one-on-one coaching with either Talia or myself to work on your specific goals and where you want to be. And then we also have a next level mastermind program. So that's a group of six women that meet uh, virtually every month. um, And they're all committed to um, goals that are, you know, related, but they all bring different skills and resources to the table. And so it's really dependent on how you learn best and, and what's going to hold you personally accountable. We have different programs kind of designed specifically for the outcomes you are looking for, and then also the way in which you prefer to interact with us. I love that. And you mentioned, I mean, you're building these programs around their needs and what they're asking for, which 
is so smart. So you're listening to the audience and you're listening to your consumers before rolling out something. Was the conference something that people were really asking for for a while before you guys took the plunge and started planning? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think we've also, when we first started out, we were doing about one workshop a month in a city across the country. And I think we came to a point where we realized and saw the need for you know, all these people to come together and to be in one place. I think there's a lot of power that comes with bringing women together um, around a common theme or a common like cause, if you will, Um, and have been so fortunate to have some great people be a part of our journey, whether it's been through the podcast or as someone who's helped at some point of the journey along the way. So to think about everyone being in one place for a day or two days and really kind of optimizing the time we're spending and, and reaching a bigger audience in a more like condensed but powerful amount of time, I think was always in the back of our minds. Mm-hmm. And the timing, I think, for the summer just felt right. And I think the day we decided to do it, it's been, obviously it takes work to put on a conference, but it's come with so much ease almost. And it's like, it's definitely clear that we're at the right time and place to bring everyone to us instead of us going out and doing these like small one-off things. Mm-hmm. Um, but really I think to bring that community together and to have women be surrounded by other women who are from all over um, who can really be there to support each other, but learn from us, learn from each other and um, you know, leave feeling motivated, but also feeling like they're not alone in whatever it is they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. I love that community aspect to that. I mean, indirectly, and I'm sure that's not the reason they even thought to sign up, but they're they're going to be around other people who are trying to grow and learn and uh, just that community of women, I think, can be really impactful. And I think, I mean, just to your point, exactly what you said, like, I think it's a subconscious thought is that, you know, they're interested in the content, but podcasting is a one-way medium. So we're talking to our audience, but we don't hear from them unless they take the time to email us or mention something on social media. And so we really see our conference as like podcasting in real life. It's like these conversations that we've had with so many amazing women, women that you've even introduced us to that, um, you know, are so influential and inspiring to these women and the ability to ask the questions that you want to ask without feeling that you need to send a separate email or go to any extreme measure. I think that's such um, an undervalued quality of conferences is that you do have that face-to-face time and you're much more likely to take action on something if you have people there holding you accountable or having these conversations in person. It's almost like you put yourself in the environment to become successful by going to a conference and that inspiration can be more lasting than just maybe reading an Instagram post or um, doing something that maybe is a one-off instance. So I think you need both pieces of that. You need to supplement it with the continued conversation on social media and podcasting, but it's just kind of the next step in that uh, content consumption for us. Mm -hmm. And do you anticipate some of the women, in addition to career change, maybe wanting to start their own companies and, and looking up to you guys in that way as well. Are you doing anything specifically for women yeah, entrepreneurs it's yet? it's so funny that you say that because just as often as we get inquiries for career transitions and career coaching, we much more often get requests for 
you've built this business that um, is successful in an arena that I'm interested in. Like, I want the guidebook for that. And so I think that's something that, you know, we started thinking about six or seven months ago. And we have a program that will be rolling out very shortly that does that specific thing. And it's meant to be a founder's guidebook and in one-on-one coaching specifically for business building for women entrepreneurs. Because, you know, one thing we've realized so often whenever we start talking is that women are really smart and almost to a fault. So they know exactly what they don't know. They know exactly the bottleneck. <laughs> <laughs> the roadblocks, the things that are going to keep them from being successful. Um, and so because they're not naive, because they're very aware, they are sometimes holding themselves back from you know taking that leap or taking that step because they don't have all of the elements they need to be successful. And so our goal is to give them all of those elements, not only the coaching, but also the consulting and the tools and resources to be successful in, in whatever business they're starting, but specifically starting a business. I'm really excited about that. You'll have to keep me updated and we can certainly hyperlink to all of that in the show notes. That's going to be great. We'd love to switch gears and talk about just what you guys feel is the value of having a co-founder. And and I can certainly speak to my experience with Margot and and how much I've loved, one, really capitalizing on strengths and knowing these are my weaknesses and thank goodness you compliment them um, or else the, yeah, the company would not be where it is today, but also just sharing that, um, you know, every day, just being able to talk to someone who feels those, you know, the same passion and feels that same energy. Um, can you guys speak to your experience as being uh, in the business well, together? Absolutely. <laughs> I think, and, and you can attest to this as well with Margot, you know, like you said, to have someone in the trenches with you, but to also have someone that sees the passion for the mission so clearly. I think when people ask us why we've been successful as co-founders, it's because it's never been about either one of us and our success individually. It's always this greater miss- mission that we're so passionate for and that we care so much about. And so decision-making is so easy when you're so clear on why you're there and what your mission is and what's actually going to move the needle for your business. So for us, it's always been women first and you know specifically women professionals first. And so anytime anything comes up, we're always on the same page in terms of making sure that our women are the priority. And I think also, like you said, to have someone that's supporting you and, and you're not feeling alone, you know, running a business can feel really lonely at times. And so to have someone who's feeling that exact amount of responsibility and um, just passion for what you're doing is um, so beyond helpful. Yeah. It's also like one of the like coolest relationships ever, because I think, and everyone, you know, when, When people have co-founders, there are a million ways that you can find someone to work with. Some people are friends who then go into business. And I think like to go back to when we first met and to just see how much the relationship has evolved from like knowing each other because we both had the same job to like being in the same sorority to then becoming business partners to then becoming like coaches who work on the same clients together to then becoming friends like and then becoming a bridesmaid. You know, it's like there's so many layers to the relationship that make it just like the most fun. And like, there's always another level at which the relationship goes. And I think why that's, why that is able to unfold so beautifully, as Kate just said, is because there's this like common thing that we both come together on at the end of every day that kind of guides the way we grow together as, as people. Um, 
And, and to the points you said earlier yourself, like, yes, there are the strengths that complement each other and things that like, I'm not good at that Kate's good at and vice versa. And that's definitely allowed us to be the business we are today, but there's an element of just like relationship that keeps every day feeling good and moving and growing and changing and evolving as we grow and change and evolve individually, but together as, as co-founders as well. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's interesting. Both of our scenarios as a very organic um, transition into having, you know, co-founding and or co-owning the business together. Um, and for the listeners that are perhaps thinking about starting something and would really love to do that with someone else, what do you guys think would be the qualities that someone should look for in a business yeah, partner? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things for me whenever I was, um, you know, really candidly speaking with my grandfather about um, you know, starting this with Talia, he said, you know, it's actually much easier to get out of a marriage than it is to get out of a business relationship. So you really better make sure that it's something that works. And what I took away from that was, you know, just like in any relationship, there needs to be a rhythm and a flow to how you work together. And I think one of the most important things, at least for me, you know, I tend to be an impulsive person. I get excited about new ideas. I constantly want to be innovating and Talia has always been someone that I feel comfortable sharing those ideas and nuances with and has always been supportive, even if I think maybe in the back of her head, she knows like, this is probably a bad idea. And we're going to have to like, maybe not do this initially. I think she's always willing to listen. And I think for us, you know, going back to that piece of it's not about our individual success or, you know, making a ton of money or, um, you know, whatever other goals could be. It's really, you know, Priority number one, supporting our clients. Priority number two, supporting each other. And you need to be on the same page about that in my mind, that this is something that you're going in on together. And I think having a mismatch of priorities and why you're starting a business is probably the biggest area um, in which I see co-founders fail. So we have a couple of friends who have failed co-founder um, relationships or uh, failed businesses because of co-founder disagreements. And what I've always seen on, from the outside is they had different reasons for why they were starting the business together. And then they were unable to be supportive of each other um, and realizing that the priority should really be unified rather than how can I make this the best situation for me and me alone? Right. Yeah. And I, I just to echo that, I think there's this like if you're, if you're thinking about what the quality is, it's whatever the opposite of like having an ego is, yeah. right? Like you, like if it's coming from a place of ego and like self-interest, that's the first red flag. And mm -hmm. I think like, again, Kate said this earlier, we share a brain this is why this works, <laughs> but like there's, it's always about serving your end user client customer mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. And everything is done in, in, in their interest. And um, I don't know. So to have that like common end goal, to have that sense of like shared vision and mission without that, it's easy to go in very separate directions to see things from very different perspectives, which like you want different perspectives at the table to consider options and stuff. But um, at the end of the day, we're waking up every day to do the same thing for the same person and for each other. 
And I think something that's important too, when you're talking about complementary strengths, that's so important. But I think regardless of our complementary strengths, if something needs to get done, I think both of us are the type of people to jump on whatever it is. If it's mopping the floors, if it's, you know, picking up the wine, if it's, you know, tasks that are seemingly not glamorous, I think startups and starting a business can feel so glamorous from the outside, but there's lots of things you have to do, um, you know, once you get into business that aren't as glamorous and fun. And I think we have a relationship that works really well because there's no task that's too small or um, no task that's too big for either of us to tackle, mm-hmm. regardless of our strengths. It's really a matter of what needs to get done and how can we both support each other in doing that rather than saying, that's not my job. That's not my role. That's not what I was intended to do here. It's really a mentality of like, whatever we need to do to keep the ship moving forward, that's what we're going to do, which I think is another essential quality for co-founders. And the, mm-hmm. I'll add one more thing yes, before you keep going. I think the, um, something else, and we actually just had this conversation today that has existed, but I think was like finally spoken into existence today is this realization when you're working with a co-founder, with a team, with other people, it's like, it's recognizing that there's stuff outside of work and that life happens and there are other priorities and other buckets that need to be filled. And that like, to be able to recognize each other as people first who have needs that need to be met um, and to just have that kind of holistic approach, I think is also, we're realizing the importance of more and more as we move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been thinking seasons of life and um, probably the importance of just realigning and having those open conversations, but that trust of, you know, we're still in this for this end goal. And that may mean down the line, we need to shift our responsibilities or shift um, a variety of things to make that work still for both parties. But I think that's a very a good point. Um, and it almost seems like you guys kind of kept also t- chatting about grit and just having that attitude of we'll do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Um and it, that may be an important quality to look for in a teammate too. For sure. Uh, how, how do you split roles? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I think naturally um, I'm the more um, in terms of, you know, business logistics and um, kind of the operations of the business. That's something I naturally gravitate towards more. I kind of want to know like, how the sausage gets made type of thing. So like in terms of like running the business at a high level, that's something I've always um, kind of taken ownership of. And so that piece is really important to me. And then my background is in branding and public relations. So when our clients are looking for, um, you know, a career rebrand or, or to move in a different direction um, as a professional, then that's a place where I jump in. And then I'll let Talia speak for kind of her her role in the business, but it's for me, it's more operational and then execution on the tangible pieces that our clients need. Yeah. And I think, you know, role-wise, we're always trying to see what's needed. And I think that's the, that's the like hard part, but also just like exciting part at the same time about starting a business and it being just the two of us who are in it full time is like that separation is hard when you're kind of both wearing all the hats at mm-hmm. times. Um, but I think to, to realize like what you do naturally gravitate towards and what you're energized by is important in that separation. Um, and so for me, I think a lot of, a lot of what I like day to day invest my time into are the, are the relationships that we build as Mavenly continues to grow and, and in the one-on-one coaching with women who are just trying to figure out where they want to go next in their 
career, but also just in their lives more broadly speaking. Um, my background too is in positive psychology. And so a lot of that I think is what I bring into not just like the curriculum and building out the programming we do, but also in um, kind of in everything that like the foundation of, of Mavenly as a whole, I think is very much influenced by that perspective in psychology and the foundation upon which all the work we do and the experience we walk people through is, is grounded in. So, I mean, I think every business owner, there's still lots of hats and there's lots of things like mopping the floor or taking out the trash that, um, you just have to have to do. Um, and so are there things on both of your lists, like top thing that comes to mind that you guys just cannot wait to pass off one day? <laughs> it is so funny that you're asking us right now because right before we hopped on, you know, this call with you or, um, you know, this conversation with you, we were making that list. And I think for us, it's, you know, when you start to realize those strengths, the things you're really good at, then you just want to spend more and more time doing that. So really it's, the, um, you know, in between kind of like fringe uh, responsibilities and tasks that I think we're really ready to pass off. So there's so much that happens in between client interactions or in between events um, that are logistics oriented that need to get done. But really, you know, when you're, you know, transitioning your time so frequently between your personal life, your professional life, and then just kind of the urgent things that need to get done, those urgent things that um, don't require you specifically, I think are the first things we want to hand off. And we see the opportunity cost of spending time doing those things rather than servicing clients or, you know, with our families and friends. And so I think that that has been our biggest priority is like, um, you know, really our client pipeline and then our events pipeline is making sure that, you know, what gets that from start to finish that's not directly client facing or attendee facing is the stuff that we want to uh, get off our plate. Yeah, I um, it's so easy to make that, you know, have that long to do list every day and just kind of chug out the the smaller tasks or the really easy ones or the things that aren't like that top, top priority. Um, and so there I can. Yeah, there's certainly a, a slew of things, too, that I um, cannot wait to pass off. So thanks for sharing there. I just have a couple more questions for you guys before we wrap up. Uh, but the first is, where do you see the company going and What's big on the horizon for me? Yeah, I think, you know, in looking six months, one year, three years down the road, um, what we've really started paying attention to are the people that are coming to Mavenly, what exactly they're asking for and what we're most excited about offering. And up until now, if you're talking about like division of labor, Kate has had branding clients. I've had career coaching clients, um, but the clients that we've really enjoyed working with have been people who get coaching from both of us for different reasons. Um, so I think down the road, we do a lot more work with clients together as like a coaching duo, um, which really ends up being for the women who are trying to take that leap and start something of, of their own. Um, you know, they've reached, reached success in some way in their careers and, and have decided that they are kind of either done working for somebody else or that they're just meant for more, whether that's more money, more time, more freedom, more meaning through their work, more of an impact through the work they do. Um, so we really see ourselves spending a lot more time working very intimately with women who are very invested in building something of their own. Um, and that's a really exciting avenue. I think we're, we're not just exploring, but we're putting into the world and, um, 
and the thought of just creating more female founders and women who feel in control of their of their work and of their life and who can do what they've always wanted to but never known how that to me is just like such an exciting thought that's really really exciting and I think that you guys have such an interesting twist to that as well with um the coaching piece about just really shaping your life um to what you what you'd like it to be and and you guys have like such a good sentence about that just about like um, living intentionally and and I think you everyone should apply that when they're starting a business as well and uh, being a little bit more mindful of what that looks like in their life and in the life that they want to craft so um, I think that's going to be really powerful and I'm really Thank excited you. for you guys yeah and then last one Alice, how can people get in touch with you guys learn more about Mavenly and the conference which is yeah, coming up absolutely so the kind of catch-all for communication with us is our website so that's www.mavenly.co so not .com but .co and then obviously we're both available via email but the best email is probably hello at mavenly.co and then we're on Instagram at mavenlyco and then our podcast is the Women Work and Worth podcast so most of our audience members interact with us there most often um, but Instagram, email and our website are, are all great places to find us and we would love to chat with you. Great. Well, thank you both so much for being on the Imagine More podcast. I really, Can really I add appreciate one thing it. before you let us go? Uh, yeah. Just as, as a female founder and as, as someone who both of us want to just take time to highlight the importance and just like share our appreciation for women like you who have always been there willing to help, willing to connect us to people, willing to just like celebrate our successes. You took us out to celebrate, I think, our two-year anniversary. Yeah. Um, and it, there's just like not enough can be said about having women in your corner who are there to support, celebrate, um, share resources, help whenever they can. And so thank you for sharing these stories on your podcast, but also being such an integral and important part of our journey and, um, you know, as a, as a fellow founder, but also as a friend and as someone who's kicking butt doing incredible things in her own way. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And guys, I did not hear you say that. So thank you. <laughs> I'm like tearing up over here. You. I mean, anyone who knows thanks. you would say the exact same thing about you. So. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon.